This is Tara Sun, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Radical Radiance Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca George, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by my friend Tara Sun to talk all about her new book, Surrender Your Story, ditch the myth of control and discover freedom in trusting God. You are absolutely going to love Tara. We have been Instagram friends for a couple of years and it was just a joy to get to sit down and have this conversation with her. Before we get to it, she is not the only one launching a book this spring. Have you ordered your copy of Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl? I cannot wait for us to have this message in our hands and I want to make sure that you get in on all of the pre-order bonuses, including a 30-day devotional called Your Gifts, His Glory, the audiobook version of that, the How Well Do You Know Your guide. All of that is yours when you go online to your favorite online retailer and pre-order the book and then go over to dothethingbook.org. Fill out the form there. That will add you into the launch team and you will get access to all of those free pre-order gifts. So make sure you do that and help me welcome our new friend Tara to the show. Tara, welcome to the show. I could not be more excited to finally get to sit down with you and have a conversation and get to celebrate your book. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I am a big fan of the show and you. Um, so it's a huge honor to sit down with you. It feels like we're at coffee together, which hopefully someday we can be, but the show is a good middle ground right now. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. I too would prefer to be in a coffee shop with, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my drink of choice these days. Yes. Yes. I love a lavender honey latte. Okay. Have you ever See, had you one? Know. I also just love like the just a little bit of an added sweetness of honey. Um, and there's a local coffee shop here. So if you ever come to East Tennessee, I will take you that has an amazing lavender honey latte. So what is your coffee drink of choice these days? You know, I wish I had something as fancy as a lavender honey latte, which sounds amazing. Like I've had a lavender latte before, but like the honey sounds perfect because my husband and I were going through a season where, you know, we just have like our normal coffee and like we'd add honey to it instead of like sugar or like creamer or anything. Um, and that was like mm. our go-to. But like coffee shop vibes, um, I'm pretty boring. I do like a vanilla latte, but my secret, not really mm. secret, but like my thing is half sweet because most coffee shops I can't do their full sweetness. So no, no. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I am so excited about your book, Surrender Your Story, and just the conversation that we get to have today about it. And I always love getting to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes with authors of like, how did God give you this message? And I know for me with my book, it's it's a thread that I feel like God's been weaving in my story for a long time. And so I find that to be true often with authors. And so I love sort of leading with that question of like, tell us where this idea, where this message came from. Yeah, no, I love that question. I feel, I feel like for me too, it's cool to hear it because you you see a book, you read a book and you're like, oh, cool. Like it just is laid out, but it's really cool to see the heart behind it. So I feel the same mm. way, Rebecca, about my book. It's a thread. It's a theme. Um, although there's a lot of different things that God brings us through in our lives, 
this seems to be one of the most major keys and themes of my life is God really revealing Mm. that I had this problem with control. And for me in my life, like leading up to when I was 14, like before I was 14 and diagnosed with a chronic illness, just out of the blue, my life had been really easy. Nothing had been really tumultuous. I didn't have a lot of opportunities as bad as this sounds to trust God. That sounds really horrible, but just kind of smooth sailing until the Mm -hmm. Lord brought me through a lot of things like chronic illness and dropping out of college and all these things that were unexpected in my story. And that's when God really started being like, okay, like this is a problem, right? Not only just for you, Mm -hmm. but it's a human problem since the beginning of the world. And so he took me on this journey to realize what it really meant to be a true disciple of Jesus and what that looked like. Mm -hmm. And the book is actually based off of Luke 9, 23, which talks about taking up our crosses, denying ourselves and following Jesus. And so we really lean into what does it mean to deny ourselves, which sounds scary, but it's actually the most freeing thing that we can do in our lives. Mm -hmm. So that's just like the really big picture overview of how it came to be. I love it. Okay. So a word that is in the title that you talk about, you know, in being a theme of the book is surrender. And this can be, um, this is a, this is a like straight to the like root of the matter, heart issue conversation. And so I wonder for listeners who are coming to this conversation today and they're having a hard time surrendering, they're having a hard time laying something down, Um, and letting God take control, what encouragement do you want to offer them in that today? Oof, yeah. You know, you you nailed it, Rebecca. This is not like I am fully aware that this message is hard. Like at first glance, it's really difficult. Surrender goes against everything in our fleshly nature because we want to hold on. We want a death grip to our lives, not only because we believe it's our lives, but because we have good plans, right? That's the the thing about surrender is that God just doesn't call us to surrender the things that are easy, the things that are hard too. And we don't want to let go of the good things and the good plans that we have for our lives. And so surrender is this countercultural fight that we have to do every day. Um, What I would tell you though, is that we, if, if you can relate, if you're thinking of something that God is calling you to lay down or there's an area that you're struggling with control in your life, I would just say like, how do you feel doing that? How do you feel controlling what's in your life? How do you feel with that death grip? Because I don't know about you, but when I do that, I feel exhausted. I feel frustrated. I feel spent. I feel like I can't rest. And I honestly feel like I'm spinning my wheels and not getting the results I really want because life just doesn't plan out a lot of the ways we thought. And so I would just kind of approach that to you and say, how does that make you feel? Because Jesus has a better way. He literally told his disciples, he said, I came to give you abundant life in John 10, 10. But that abundant life isn't us striving. It it isn't us just trying to assert our own way. It is coming literally by surrendering our way at the foot of the cross, because Mm -hmm. that's where we find the most purpose and value and worth that we're searching for. Um, So that's what I would tell, you know, whoever's struggling with that idea of holding on to control instead of surrendering is realizing that we were hardwired by God in the most beautiful way to need him. And that's actually not a weakness. That's what the world says. He says, you know, the world says that weakness and dependence is, is, you know, not the way. It's not trendy. You don't need any help. You can bulldoze your way through life with no help, no dependence on God. But that's where the upside down kingdom comes where Jesus says, that's actually where you thrive. 
And mm-hmm. so that's, yeah, that's what I would just encourage someone listening to, because for me, um, that's where I really hit a breaking point of realizing that Rebecca, man, I was tired and I was frustrated because yeah. frankly, life wasn't going my way. Yeah, man, I just so agree with everything that you just said. And as I'm thinking about my own moments of surrendering parts of my story and laying things down at his feet, I'm I'm thinking about, and we talk about this a lot, of just going back to the character of God. And, and you, you hinted at this, but when I know God's rightful place and, and therefore by default my own rightful place— it helps me so much realize not only my dependence on him, but who who he is, right? Like I'm thinking of one particular characteristic of his character in particular, and that is the fact that he is infinite in all of his ways. He has no mm-hmm. limits, and that is the God that we serve. That is the God that is our provider and our sustainer, and, um, and yet I do because I am finite, and I am not – like him in that way. Right. And, yeah, um, yeah. so sometimes for me, it's a going back to who he is that, that helps me lay that particular thing down. And, and then, um, which you also talk about in the book and you touched on it from that place, I'm able to trust him and entrust my story to him. And I, I just wonder, as you have done that in your own life, as you are guiding readers into this journey as well, what has helped you, practically speaking, to trust God in these types of situations? Yeah, no, I love, I love that you said that. I think first of all, before I before I answer that that trust aspect, what you said really like you know just kind of like sent something off in me. You said like that control or this idea of just like putting ourselves in the proper place. Control is this fight that's very me centric, when the Christian life is very Jesus centric, right? And so that's a really hard pill to swallow. And I'm not just talking to you, Rebecca, or to the listeners. I'm talking to myself. Like control is this fight to constantly lay our lives down and put ourselves off of, you know, the throne because that's where God lives. That's where he alone deserves to be. And so that's where we find the difficulty in surrender. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I love that you brought that up. Trust is this really awesome key that opens our hands and opens the door to surrender. Trust goes hand in hand with surrender. And so for me, practically, as I've done a deep dive into what trust looks like in God's word, there's a really cool Hebrew word that's used in Proverbs when they talk about trust, and it's called batak, and it means to wield yourself to the Lord. I mean, excuse me, to weld yourself to the Lord. To weld, basically, think of a welder, think of just soldering metal together, how infused they become, how inseparable inseparable they come, how entangled and strengthened they are in the process. That is what it means to trust the Lord. And so... Practically, biblically, to trust the Lord means to literally weld yourself, attach yourself, become so intertwined to the Lord in dependence and John 15, remaining in the true vine, that when things in your life come, that you are connected to your source, that you can, you're right there to trust him. You're right there. You know him because you have welded yourself to the Lord. Um, And so daily, practically, that can look like getting the word, you know? 
praying, getting in community, anything that gets you closer to God, anything that gets you more, for lack of a better word, entangled in him. Because when you are so entangled in who God is and who his, you know, who he says he is in his word and his promises, you're going to know him. And then that, that knowledge of God, I say it all the time in my own podcast and in this book, is that when you know God, you're going to love him because you really truly know mm-hmm. him. And when you love God, you're going to want to live for him because true love produces action. And so mm-hmm. that really changed the game for me knowing that. Psst. Did you know that my debut book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl releases in April? I wrote it. Well, I wrote it just for you. So if you're ready to see your gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective, prioritize goals related to your calling as you move forward with gumption and grace, maximize your passions and the work you do every day, actively partner with God to serve Him and love others, and overcome negative thought patterns so you can brainstorm, develop, and create with the confidence of a go-getter girl, If that sounds like you, then I want you to pre-order today at the link in the show notes below. Each chapter includes prayer prompts, scripture for further study, questions for reflection, action steps to move your goal forward, and accompanying videos for individual or small group discussion. So grab a friend or eight, and let's use God's word as our compass to do the thing. After all, if not now, when? One of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to come share God's Word at women's events, retreats, and conferences. I'm booking speaking engagements for this year and next year and would love to chat with you about your church's next event. Shoot me an email at hello at radicalradiance.live to start a conversation today. Yeah, that's so good. So, so good. I completely agree. And Something else stuck out with me as I was reading through material about your book and just a concept that I think I know in in my own life and in the lives of other people in my life, um, this theme has maybe been portrayed throughout our lives and, um, and even celebrated, and it's this idea of independence. And, and you touched on this earlier, but and, and again, this was true in my own life from a young age. We are taught to be independent and how important it is, mm-hmm. which sure yeah. it is, right? And um, But the title of one of your chapters is Independence is Overrated. Mm-hmm. And I actually love this conversation because um, I, I would consider myself to be an independent person, and that's something that I think people have always described my personality as. Um, a challenge to that is um, remembering my dependence on God, and um, again, me being in my rightful place. And so, I just mm-hmm. would love to hear your heart for this topic of independence and how it relates to um, our walk with the Lord. I just want to hear your wisdom on that because I think it's so important and we don't talk about it enough. Yeah, absolutely. Independence is overrated. That was one of my favorite chapters to write because, frankly, Rebecca, you know this writing a book. It's not like you have it all figured out. It's it's you write a book from your your own place of struggle, not your place of perfection. And so mm-hmm. this idea of me being independent and self-sufficient, another way to say independent is self-sufficient. So that struggle is my struggle. 
And it has always been my struggle because like I said, life had come pretty easy for me, right? I mean, athletics, my relationship with the Lord, friendship, like school, everything was really easy. It just, I mean, there's gifts involved there, but just like kind of cruised. And so I started operating out of independence, which again, like you said, Mm -hmm. our parents raise us to be independent. They raise us to work hard, to get a job, to, as a girl, like I was so excited to someday be able to do my own hair, like independence in those ways, right? And so I was taught to do that, but where it crosses the line between hardworking and just diligent is when we start to believe that we are independent or self-sufficient from God or apart from God, Mm -hmm. which is another way just to say that I'm autonomous from God, that I'm just like my own island, right? And that is like this idea of control. If we are self-sufficient, if we tend to kind of operate out of our own strength and feel like we don't need anyone, that's also like a sign that maybe we have a problem with control because control says Mm -hmm. that we can do it all on our own. When God says that we literally, we like through him, we have and move and, you know, have our being. Like I totally botched that. But like there's a passage that says that we literally from all things, like literally survive through Christ. Everything is from him. It's to him and it's through mm-hmm. him. Romans eleven thirty six, And so we have to come back to this reminder of I'm not on the throne. I am not all powerful. You know, sometimes if you have unlimited energy and resources, you can feel for a while. You can like run for a while on your own, but you're going to lose speed. You are going to crash. And then also you're going to forget your rightful place with the Lord, which I think Mm. sometimes we don't want to admit where our rightful place with the Lord is because it makes us feel small. But again, that is the amazing truth about Christ is that when we are actually where we're created to be, where we live, where God has us, we actually find the most strength Mm. and the most glory and the most purpose. And so it's just kind of, I just feel like it comes down to combating what the world says because the world will say that you don't need anyone. The world will say that weakness is just not to be praised. The world will say all of those things, but we need to really get into God's word to remind us these things like dependence is actually where we get the most strength, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So, so good. I just think this matters so much as we're thinking about, um, this idea of surrender because sometimes it's out of my my independent streak um, that some of these issues arise. And so I just, I love that you took a minute to um, cover this in the book. And, and I agree with you. There are moments in book writing where it's like, okay, this is the chapter that not because I have this all figured out, but actually because this is something I have deeply struggled with. I'm able to write out of yes. a place of like, okay, here's what the Lord and I have been talking about and doing battle with. And like, let me just open up the conversation for more of us. Um, And so I just, I love those moments in writing. I think that's so special. And, um, and I've found this to be true in my life. I'm sure listeners will relate to this. Sometimes when we talk about God's will or our purpose, our calling, sometimes those phrases, those words that we use can actually feel, I think at times a little crippling and a little like huge and I'm afraid I'm going to miss it. And what if I'm not doing it right? Or what if I'm not doing enough? Um, And you actually go in depth and and talk about this in the book. And so I would just love to hear your wisdom as, as this is a like sort of a sister cousin conversation to my book, Do the Thing. Um, I love getting to kind of ramp us up with this encouragement here before the book comes out. And I'd love to talk, um, 
like, what does it look like to figure out God's will for our lives and make those decisions that glorify him um, and yet balance this idea of control, right, that we're talking about? Right, right. Yeah. No, I love that. It, it is kind of a balance because, you know, I, you know, we preach in the book, right? You need to surrender your story. You need to lay down your life. But then also then there poses the question like, well, then what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just like sit on my mm. hands and not do anything else with my life? But there's – we walk this line of, yes, our lives need to be surrendered. We need to be yielded to the Lord. We need to trust him to establish our paths. But we also have personal responsibility here and now to to walk, to live by by move in faith. Right. And so that's where this aspect of God's will comes in because we can be like, okay, I'm not going to follow my, my will, but I'm going to follow God's will. But like, what is God's will? Right. So kind of just unpacking this just very briefly because there's so much to it, but I think it's, why am I forgetting chapter eight? I believe chapter eight or chapter nine. I can't believe I'm botching it, but basically we talk all about God's will. And one thing that I want to just encourage you guys in is that God's will is not a scavenger hunt. That it's Mm. not just this rung on the ladder that we just need to keep climbing and reaching because we'll never understand it. There are two different kinds of God's will, but they work together, which is really cool. So one, just really briefly, is God's hidden will or God's secret will, which we don't like at first because it feels like God's keeping secrets. But a couple things we need to realize about that is that one, God is God and we're not. And two, sometimes that knowledge is too much for us. I mean, all the time it would be too much for us. And so what's God's is God's and we can trust him with that. And then we also have the second aspect, which is God's revealed will. What he's given to us, Deuteronomy 29 talks about how it's the will and the precepts that God has given us and to our children and then their children's children. So this is generational. It's forever. And this is God's will found in the word. So that's why I say God's will is not a scavenger hunt because he has literally given us everything we need to know. And so knowing that when we're making decisions, when we're like, okay, I'm not trying to follow my will, but I'm trying to follow God's will. What does that look like? Like go to the word. Like God has laid it out. And if you're following that, you can be confident. And if you're in conversation with the Lord and in tune with the Spirit, you can be confident that your steps and your decisions are being directed by God and not by yourself. Because if you're Mm. listening to your inner inner dialogue and you're not listening to the Word, then that's when we swerve off into control. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so comforting that, that we have everything we need in God's Word. Yeah. Yeah. You saying that reminded me of the scripture of he's given us all we need to live a life of righteousness. Right. And so that's such a comfort to me when I feel overwhelmed by the idea of purpose or his will and and those Mm -hmm. things. And so, um, again, like straight to the, to, to the source of truth on that. I love that so much. And, um, you know, I was on a run a couple of months ago and mm-hmm. I had this moment that I actually talked about it in the video curriculum for Do the Thing, but I was running a similar route that I, I run frequently at my parents' home. But over the last six to eight months, me and my husband relocated to East Tennessee, which we're so thrilled about. We're so happy to be mm-hmm. uh, what we would consider to be home again. And, um, 
but everything that comes along with that, buying a house and adjusting to a new church, my husband's a lead pastor, and um, just all the things that come with that and launching a book all at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what moving my body and my workout routine has looked like has just drastically changed over the last few months. I'm super thrilled on a day where I, I have 45 minutes to ride my Peloton bike um, because that's been rare lately, right? And yeah, so I yeah. find myself out on this run and I'm running a route that I've, I've ran since my teen years and I was really struggling and I was praying on my run. Like I just, I feel so discouraged because I'm not where my body used to be. And, and the Lord just, I just sense the Lord saying like, Rebecca, you talk a lot about grace. You talk a lot about self-discipline, but like can both exist in your wow. life? And can you run at a pace that is healthy and reflects like the season of life that you're in, not just physically on this, on this route, but like yeah. in your everyday life, right? Can wow. you both have the self-discipline and do, do things with excellence? Like, like I can finish this run, right? And I can also have grace for myself and realize that my body isn't where it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. definitely a reflection of what's going on in our lives. And um, yet I'm still out there moving my body. So praise God yeah. for that, that I have the ability to do that. And so I, the Lord just really challenged me with this like balance that I don't do real well. And I, I don't think a lot of us manage real well of like running at a healthy pace. And mm -hmm. And I know you talk about this as well in the book of running yeah. at God's pace and how so easily we speed ahead of him. Um, and so I just, I just would love any encouragement that you have on like, what does patience and waiting on him and walking at his pace, how does that play into this whole conversation? Yeah, no, it's huge. And I love that story because like, first of all, I'm really inspired that you like run because that sounds like death to me. <laughs> But like I could be inspired. I could be inspired by you. Um, but I think it's this really cool idea. Like in the chapter, we talk about walking at God's pace or running at God's pace. And what mm -hmm. does that look like? Because entangled in this idea of surrender is us trying to rush ahead of God because control yeah. tells us that we can take the timing of our lives and the, you know, the direction of our lives into our own hands and run with it. When actually the whole idea of surrender is being yielded to everything and especially God's mm -hmm. timing. And so patience is this really cool supporting character. There are so many, like, I like to describe them as supporting characters that help us surrender, like trust and patience and all these things. And Patience in, in this chapter, we talk about how it's actually a support, it's a blessing, and it helps the waiting and it helps the surrender actually be possible. We talk about mm. a character, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, that his story was marked by waiting. His story was marked by patience and how literally there were so many U-turns and bumps in the road and what held him together was his patient enduring or his waiting on the Lord because he knew what God had promised him and we have promises from God in his word, but he held on to that. He didn't try to deviate. I'm sure he was discouraged at times, but he didn't try to deviate and take matters into his own hands because he kept his eyes patient and fixed on what God said. And so patience is one of those things that we need to learn among this journey, along this journey of surrender, because it actually helps us, which seems so backwards. But when we walk at God's pace, it helps us to 
just enjoy surrender as, as weird mm. as that sounds. But if we're impatient, if we're trying to rush ahead, that leads to frustration and that leads to us actually not enjoying the journey with God. And so knowing yeah. what he's up to and that knowing that his promises remain the same, you can wait with hope. And I think that's the key is mm. waiting with hope and knowing that God's timing is better and also realizing you know, Rebecca, I don't want to miss what God has for me. And mm. if I rush ahead of God's timing, if I take, you know, what I want and I run and I don't wait and I don't consult the Lord on decisions in my life, I could very well miss some things that he has for me in the everyday, whether that's, you know, little lessons or really big things. I could miss that. And so stopping and thinking, mm. do I want to miss out on what God wants to teach me in those tender moments and how patience, we're told in Romans, produces so many amazing things in our lives. And so that's kind of a, a question I need to ask myself, like, do I want to miss out or do I want to be molded and shaped through it? Mm, yeah, that's so good. It's reminding me of a conversation I had yesterday. Someone was talking about um, just our calling and what we feel called to do on the side of heaven. And she asked me the question of like, why does it matter? Like, why, mm, wow. why does, why does this conversation of calling matter? And so theologically, my brain first went to like what a gift it is that we get to partner with God in his work on this side of heaven, right? He doesn't need us yeah. to accomplish his overall plan mm -hmm. of redemption, but he chooses to use us and, and what a gift that is. Yeah. And then I just thought like, I don't want to miss it. And this is the, it may sound like a selfish answer, but like, I don't want to miss out on an ounce of what God wants me to experience of him this side of heaven, I want all yeah. of that that I can get my hands on, right? And um, yeah. I don't know, walking at a sustainable pace in in step with him allows us to do that more fully, I think. And I also right. think right. that I think that we place a value system on things that um, I just wonder if it's so different than how God views things, right? Like a mm -hmm. uh, perfect example that I'll share. I was at a Mexican restaurant with some friends about a year ago, and I'll never forget my friend Summer doing this. The waiter came to the table and brought our chips and guac. We were at a conference together and there were a bunch of writer friends sitting together. And my friend um, just stopped our waitress and said, Hey, we're about to pray over our food. Is there anything you want us to pray for? And our waitress wow. just instantly just broke into tears and said, um, you know, I don't really believe in God, but, mm. but wow, it's crazy. You asked me that because my dad's in ICU and here's what's going on. And I won't wow. share, that's her story to tell, but we had the honor of praying for her and for her dad. And mm. when she brought our check later that evening, she had put her phone number on the back of the receipt. And so it opened this door for my friend Summer to have this friendship with her and to keep us all posted on how we could pray for her dad. And um, it was seemingly such an insignificant moment, right, at a Mexican yeah, restaurant yeah. where she was handing out chips and guac, and yet Summer had her hands open um, to even how God wanted to use something that was so small. Mm -hmm. Um in a way that like mattered a whole lot in his eyes. Yeah. Right. And so I just, I don't know, I have been so 
aware and praying that God would even awaken my my eyes so much more to those moments um, where when I am able to slow down and run at his pace, um, mm-hmm. he puts so many divine appointments in front of our eyes every day that I know I miss many times. And, and so I've just been praying yeah. for the Lord to just awaken my eyes to to those moments and those opportunities. So that just comes to mind yeah. as we're talking about yeah. our pace, because I know for me, when I'm running at too fast of a pace, that is when um, most times I'm selfish and I'm just less yep. aware of how God wants to work in and through me. And so right. I'm really challenged by that in this conversation. So, well, I I'm so, I couldn't be more excited for you, one, as your friend, and two, as just um, Mm -hmm. a friend who gets to share her friends with her friends, and just excited to get all of our listeners' um, hands on Surrender Your Story. And before we go, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're a listener as well, we have a question we ask all of our guests that come on Radical Radiance, and I'm so excited to ask you, Tara. The last question we always ask is, what about Jesus makes you radiant? Favorite question. This is one of my favorite parts of your show. Love, love just this whole show, but this always encourages me to hear what people Mm. say, and I'm honored to get to answer it myself. So, you know, I know we've talked about it a lot in this conversation, but I just keep coming back to it. It's Jesus's strength in my weakness, and even Jesus's strength in the days that I feel really strong. Jesus's strength Mm. makes me radiant. He sustains me. And I just keep coming back to that because I'm just in this season of just a lot of exhaustion. And even in seasons where I'm fully rested, his strength is the one that sustains me. And if I start Mm. kind of leaning away from that, then I start believing all these lies that I'm enough on my own. And then I'm back into exhaustion. I'm I'm out of Mm. pace with God. And so just I love that Jesus keeps us in a place of constant need because then it shows his strength and weakness. So that is what I would share with you guys today. I I love that. I love that answer. It's so beautiful because it's such a reflection of how God is speaking to us individually of like, it just brings me back to that verse in Psalm 34 or 5 that says those who look to him are radiant. And so as we look to him in our own life stories, he's yeah. showing us different things. And so it's beautiful to just see what he's what he's teaching us. So I love that. Well, I would love for you to take just a second and share with everyone where can they connect with you? Where can they grab the book? All of those things after this conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I would love to connect with you guys. Um, first of all, Surrender Your Story. I'm available March 7th, and you can find it literally anywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. Love saying that's so fun. Um, but you can grab that book anywhere. Um, would love for you to get your hands on a copy. Um, and then also you can connect with me online um, on Instagram, at Miss Tara Sun, and then also have my own podcast, uh, Truth Talks with Tara. Um, very similar. We have amazing guests. We get to talk about God's Word and unpack it. Um, so yeah, and then Rebecca's going to be on my podcast soon. So I mean, you should subscribe and hang out and so you can hear it later. So yeah, that's Absolutely. where I would love to connect and hang out. I love it. Well, I am so thankful for you, friend. And I I know this was a hard fought for message. And I'm so excited to see what God does in our hearts and lives as we kind of unpack his word and, and your words. And I'm so grateful that you wrote it. And so I can't wait for our friends to check it out. And I'm just so thankful you'd be my guest today. So thanks for being with me. Thank you, Rebecca. I love you, friend. You are a blessing. Thank you for Mm. sharing your friends with me. You are an encouragement to me. 
I hope you loved that conversation with Sarah as much as I did. Go grab a copy of Surrender Your Story wherever books are sold. And guys, next week we are having a really important conversation all about body image with my good friend Rachel Gilbert, author of Image Restored. We are with the same publisher, and so it's so fun to get to celebrate one another as we walk into this launch season. So you are not going to want to miss the conversation we have coming for you next week, and I will see you then.